Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Beyond the Album Cover with Jarrell Mason, where we get inside the entertainment industry with those that know and give them their flowers while they're here to be celebrated. With me right now, I have my brother from another mother. He's on that 90s R&B, hip-hop, soul, new jack swing vibe. You could tell what to do. He got a brand new EP out. We're going to talk about that, what inspired him to get into music, all that and more with my man, Jalen Hemphill. Jalen, welcome to Beyond the Album Cover, bro, and it's been long overdue. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Man, not a problem. So first off, before we get into how you got in the business, can you tell us how did you get the look with the hair? Kind of like an homage to Ken and Play with the face. So how did that come about? Because that's a distinct feature on you that tends to pop out when most people see you like, man, how you keep his face so fresh? Right. It started when I was 19. My sister had a um an 80s theme. Uh, 17th birthday party so I had a little it wasn't as high like this it took years for it to grow like this because over the years I've learned how to take better care of my hair what kind of products to use how to keep it how to maintain it so mm-hmm. my sister had a 17 themed 80s birthday party it was a little it was very short so I just from that on from that from that time on I grew it and I think that winter, that year, that winter, I cut it off. I started fresh. I grew my hair back out, started over. And like I said, over the years, I've learned to maintain my own hair. I learned my own hair. I know what to do and not to do. You know, so I've been rocking it for almost, for about eight years now. So I just wanted to, yeah, thank you. So I just wanted to um, play on my image more, like exaggerated. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, have an image that represents, you know, what it means to be a black man and who embraces his own identity, you know. So, you know, something for, for little black boys to see and embrace, like, oh, that's so cool. Cause you know, I've gotten that before too. I've had little boys in the street stop me like, mommy, look at his hair, his hair is so cool. I've had mothers come up to me like, how do you do that to this hair? How do you do that to your hair? I'm trying to get my son to do that with his hair. So, you know, just, I'm very big on my image a lot, so that's exaggerated with the hair. Yeah. Yeah, because with the hair, maintaining the fade is just like those that maintain waves. I don't have the patience for waves, but I know a lot of people <laughs> that do that participate in Wave Cap Wednesday. If you know about Wave Cap Wednesday, it is a big deal, but you got to sleep with a stocking cap on, get you yes. that black thing of sporting waves mm-hmm. grease, and constantly brush, repeat brush repeat and if you do that enough you have ways like Tariq on power absolutely because before i had before i had a flat top i used i was one of those you know i i used to try to get waves too but it wasn't as successful and it was just it was just too much to maintain so the high top i master better so i master the high top way better than waves so this is my thing i stick to high top so yeah, I stick with a low, close cut, one all the way around, square, right. square in the back, do the sides. That's all I need <laughs> right. to know, and I'm good. Because with the right, pandemic, right, right. I haven't been able to go get a fresh cut. But, but I got some clippers from Walmart, and I told my wife, look at this video here before you cut my hair. <laughs> right, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because fresh haircut, fresh car, and if your gas tank is full, that's considered a successful day. There you go. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So let's push that out to the side. Let's get into how did you get into the music game? What inspired you to get into the game? Well, I was born singing. So I've been singing since I was two years old. I was singing before I could talk and speak in complete sentences and just listening to Mary J. Blige, who is my, I'm a diehard Mary J. Blige fan, number one fan. She's the reason why I sing. She's one of the reasons why I sing. And I decided to become a singer. Like I said to myself, I'm going to be a singer when I was nine years old, but and didn't take it seriously, got shy. And then I didn't start taking singing seriously until I was 14 because I overheard this girl I went to middle school with. She overheard me singing. She was like, wow, you can really sing. And that was the first time I ever had somebody say that to me. And it really put that battery in my back. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to sing. And then 18, I did. So just over the years, I've been doing talent shows in schools and been participating in shows and stuff like that. And it wasn't until 2017, um, I had a friend 
through social media on Instagram, who I've been following. His name is Brian C. Brian C is one of the artists on my label, Urban House Records. I met with the head of Urban House Records, who is a close brother of mine. Shout outs to Sharif. That's my brother. We met downtown in Brooklyn at a Barnes and Noble and we had a meeting. He talked to me about the meeting and what was his vision and why he wanted me to join because they found me through Instagram and they couldn't find any videos of me singing or performing because I wasn't really doing all of that. I was just a fly guy on Instagram who loved hip hop and R&B music. So long story short, they signed me. I'm the first male R&B singer on the label. The rest is history. Here I am. Mm, so being out of NY, did you cut your teeth doing a lot of performances with open mic nights, talent shows, or doing the open cattle call at Apollo in Harlem? Actually, no, we didn't do Apollo in Harlem, but we did do um, open mic events like throughout the city, downtown in Brooklyn and Queens. And it was just we met um, other people, other artists along the way. And it was we was able to um, also we, we have our own show called House Party. So we're, we're actually in the making of talking about our third House Party show next year. Because due to the pandemic, you know, everything is shut down for a while. So we basically, um, we're, we're building back up, talking about having another house party. House Party 22 is next year. So we'll be back at it again. That's pretty much how we do our shows and we sell tickets and stuff. People come out, we have a good time. There's food, there's drinks, there's stage, everything. So that's pretty much how we do. And we just keep at it. We just, we always stay doing shows as when we can. So, yeah. Mm, so you mentioned Mary J. Blige earlier. Who else were some of your musical influences that inspired you that you want to take and add your own spin to? TLC, Belbeef DeVoe, Brandy, Aliyah, Tribe Core Quest, Big Daddy Kane, LL Cool J, Slick Rick, Run DMC. I have a lot of inspirations, a lot of favorites. I definitely take a part or a piece of them. I see myself in them and I just, you know, I apply it to what I do. Right, because definitely a lot of the influences you mentioned come from the golden era or the New Jack Swing hip hop soul era. And during that time period, it's yeah. all about creativity where biting wasn't allowed. You had to come with your own unique look, your own unique, unique flow, unique sound. And Absolutely. if you look at artists you mentioned, like BBD and TLC, they were very big on big, baggy, bright and colorful, and plus, it didn't hurt that it had catchy songs to go along with their looks. Right, absolutely. So, yeah, like, like when you look at me, when you hear me, you get, it's hip-hop, but I'm an R&B singer. I dress baggy, but I'm B-boy. But it's, you know, I, everything on me is custom. Like, I have a custom bracelet, custom rings, custom shoes, jacket. You know, just, yeah, the colors, you know, the yellows and the reds and the greens and just staying vibrant, original, fresh, you know, because it's, it's nothing new. But, you know, I have a, you know, they call me the R&B boys, R&B singer, B-boy swag. When you combine the two, that's what you get. So there's no one else really that's doing that. You know, I'm basically um, a combination of old school and new school. Like I'm, I'm bridging the gap. So that's pretty much my my um thing altogether. So yeah, right. And as of the recording of this podcast, uh, it is, will be the verses for SWV and Escape. So give yes. me your top five Escape and SWV cuts. We can go straight singles. We can do remixes. We can do album cuts. Right. So top five cuts of each group. And then I'll give you mine. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So SWV, I got the Anything Wu-Tang remix. I got You're the One. It doesn't matter. It could be the original, um, the Bad Boy remix, or the um, All-Star remix. Um, right here, the Human Nature mix. Um, it was two more that I had. Um, when you cry and someone escape is let me know. That's my all time favorite. I love that they they sing over the Marley Mall classic, the symphony beat. It was crazy. It's crazy to me. So it's um, let me know. Just kicking it. Um, can't hang. Um, 
Escape, escape. It was two more. <laughs> I always get stuck when I pick because my mom be rambling. It's blue, 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 blue. It just keeps popping up with all these songs. Two more escape joints. Um, understanding and is my living in vain. Okay, dope, dope, dope. So my top five SWV in no particular order. I have Rain, Use Your Heart, Anything, mm-hmm. Tame Remix, Right Here, Human Nature Remix, and Weak. Then for SWV, I mean, Scape is mean. I have the Just Kicking It Remix, Understanding, right. Tonight, Living in Vain, and then their cover of the Jones Girls classic, Who Can I Run To? Yes, yes. Yeah, but it's really tough to pick five because both groups have had cuts upon cuts upon cuts. And they right. were one of both of them. They were one, they were the female groups RB wise, where in the early 90s, mid 90s, you had RB really crossing over the pop. Because if you go on YouTube right now, there's a clip of Escape performing understanding on the all new Mickey Mouse Club. This was before. Yep. Christina and Brittany, Ryan Gosling, all of them blew up. But that just goes to show you how much R&B they were listening to back during that time. I mean, Jodeci even got covered on Mickey Mouse Club. Right, because that's the same performance. I mean, every time they perform Understanding, they have the the chairs. So that's part of the the whole song set. But they had the leather black jerseys. Yup, I was just watching that performance last night. So... I've been just in a SWV escape mode for a minute, just watching their performances, listening to their music. I mean, it's nothing new because that's what I do. Like, it's regular for me. Like, this is everyday regular life for me. I love listening to classics. I'm just inspired by, like you said, artists from the golden era in R&B and hip hop. It's just, it's just, it's unmatched. That era, that whole, that whole time period in music is just unmatched. It's Oh, I love it. I love it. Right. So if you had a chance to go back in time and work with a legendary producer from 80s, 90s, it could be hip hop, it could be R&B, it could be pop. Who would it be and why? DJ Premier, hands down, because I love his sound. I love the grittiness. I love the boom bap sound. And um, just... I just love that sound. I just love his sound. He the way he incorporates his DJing, cutting, scratching, and mixing and blending over hardcore boom bat beats is just it's crazy. You know, like beats don't come like that anymore unless you continue to stick to um DJ Premier and what he's doing, you know, with with Royce the Five Nine and the whole prime album and just that whole sound. I love it. I love it. Right, so DJ, it's definitely DJ Premier. Mm, DJ Premier, rest in peace, Guru. And, yes. you know, Wu-Tang is still out and about doing their thing. You know, Red Man, Method Man just had their verses a couple of weeks ago. And I believe season two of the Wu-Tang series on Hulu is in production. So can yes. you just talk about for you? What does mm-hmm. Wu-Tang Clan mean to you and their overall impact, not only on just hip hop, but pop culture? I just love their consistency, their drive. I love their loyalty within each other, to their image, to their brand, and to their business. And it's very important as an artist myself that I take from that too. I take from that too. Like I have a logo, I have a friend who drew a, a, a B-boy picture of me, a little cartoon version. And it's important that Brand and image is important when you're an artist because it, it it's, it's, it's who you are. It represents who you are and everything that you bring. So Wu-Tang to me, not, and the fact that they're from New York, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that is, it, it gets no better than that. It's very dope. I love their, it's just, they're, they're, they're untouchable. They're, they're also timeless. Like it's nothing beating that. Like it's nothing beating that at all. It's just, it's just incredible to me it's for them to still keep rocking and still doing it so vibrantly. Like they, they are my mother and father age, but to see them still going strong like that, it's just, it's highly inspired and it's inspiring to me. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I agree. Rest in peace, ODB, because if you take a look at what Wu-Tang did, how they were able to say, we're nine MCs 
And instead of yes. having Lyle RCA release all of their solo albums, where if you know, if you sign a contract, if you're in a group, the label has right of first refusal for you to put out a solo record on you on that label, but they were able to negotiate it to where we're going to go to this label and that label and put out solo albums on those labels. You know how Method Man was able to release his solo albums on Def Jam. I believe ODB had his out on Electra, and they were able to extend the branches from the tree, which is Wu-Tang Clan. And you see how everything is gone with Method Man on Power Book 2 and all the stuff RZA has done and how right. they still standing the test of time and Enter the Wu 36 Chambers still a classic to this day. Still a classic. And that album came out the same day a Tropical Quest Midnight Marauders came out. But the fact that when they got signed, it wasn't like, okay, we're going to sign one or two and then we're going to come back for the rescue. No, they said, no, you sign everybody. We're going to sign, you're going to sign all nine of us. You're going to take everybody. And for them to branch out and do their own thing, but still stick to the Wu-Tang brand is incredible. It, uh, like, it, it's just incredible, incredible. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned Tribe Called Quest and how 36 Chambers was released the same day as Midnight Marauders. I know the late Fife Dog, they just released posthumously the solo album that he was working on prior to his passing and it just now got released. So can we talk about the impact of A Tribe Called Quest, Q-Tip, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, Rest in Peace Fife, and then of course, Jerobi. Yes, A Tribe Called Quest to me represented like young black men like me around the way, but b-boy, but hip-hop, youthful, very smart. He had a not had a lot of knowledge of self. But when you really like it, they, they these these guys, like if you hang out with them, they would tell you like they wasn't trying to be like on some Black Panther type stuff. They was just being themselves. It wasn't like they planned that, like, okay, we're going to be this and we're going to be that. No, they wore the clothes that they had. The music represented where they from. It was just regular everyday, having fun, regular, like regular stuff, like in the neighborhood. You go hang out with your friends and we talk, you know, you know, they was hating on the girls that they like, stuff like that. So I, I identify with that, you know, I wear what I want you know, knowledge of self, you know, I like to talk, you know, spiritual stuff and, and just the impact is incredible because they, they, they were one of the um, early acts to combine jazz with hip hop to incorporate jazz in their sound. And Q-Tip as, as a producer is incredible. Ali is incredible as a producer. Plus the fact that he's with, um, Adrian Young, and they created something called The Midnight Hour, and he did Lucy Pearl. Fife Dog is, in my opinion, he was an underrated MC. He, 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 his wordplay was witty and funny and clever. And then Jerobi, he's like the underrated member. People sleep on him a lot. People think he hasn't contributed much. Oh, he's contributed. He was there too. Like, we have to give Jerobi his flowers too. And then he branched off and did his own thing with the with the cooking. Like I remember watching a video, he was making an omelet. I learned how to make an omelet from Jerobi. So when you incorporate all of that with hip hop, it's it's very inspiring. Same thing. Like very regular down to earth brothers who were just they were around the way brothers and yeah. yeah. It's, Incredible. Yeah, because to me, the greatest crime of that era was that we never got a Native Tongues album with Tribe, De La, Black Sheep, right, Moni Love, right. for everybody that was associated right. in that, and that the only thing we kind of sort of got to that was Buddy. Yes. Yes. Mm, and with Tribe Called Quest, you mentioned how it was at a time when it really wasn't cool to be left field. De La Soul was kind of sort of doing that with the Daisy Age and the Three Feet High and Rising album. Shout out to Prince Paul, Prince Paul and his production on mm -hmm. that. And how right. they were kind of in the middle where you had the likes of Public Enemy, X-Clan, and there was a lot of, you know, 5% Nation stuff. Then later you had Poor Righteous Teachers, Brand Newbie. Right. Bring, bringing that in and how Tribe was able to kind of straddle that line and be critically 
and commercially acclaimed. Yes. I just feel like that whole movement to me, when I first like really started digging more into hip hop culture and I read about all of this stuff, it blew me away. I just feel like I never want to be, because I never want to be the type to take away or talk down on what's going on today because we want we want to be able to teach the youth we want to keep things moving forward but when i found out about hip-hop culture and the five percent nation and all of that knowledge stuff they were spitting it blew me away because it was a movement and they was loyal to that they they stuck by who they were and what they felt and they made sure that they knew there was a responsibility that they had with their platforms and their voices and their music. They wasn't just going out here saying just anything. They wanted to touch the people. They wanted to connect and reach the people. And they also told, they was also about having fun and being yourselves. Now, of course, me personally, I got a little older. I was able to find my own identity and voice and sometimes you you, you kind of outgrow things to a point where you start seeing little flaws in it. Not to knock them, but for me personally, like I knew where, what I identify with, what I don't identify with. So that's what helped me find my voice and my identity even more. But to still, you know, I still take from what they've done and, just apply it to what I do. I know what I know and I know how I feel. So I'm also responsible with my music and my platform and what I say and what I put out there. But just know that when you listen to my stuff, when you see me, what I wear, that's on me. So it's, but it, it's still, it still has a lot to do with who I am and what I do. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, stray away from that i still am connected to that so yeah right and you mentioned mary j blige so what was it like the first time you heard the what's the 411 album (laughs) i wasn't even born until 94 i was born in march 94 my life came out november 94 so i just i just remember from what my family have told me when when i came around well when i was born well, about two years old, that's when I became a fan. I was in 96. That was a year before Share My World came out. So I'm going down at the time was being played all the time. And, and my family used to make, they used to say all the time, like, I used to sing that song. I used to sing Mary J. Blige songs a lot. The only word I could say was down. That's the only way I could say. So every time that point, that part when the song would come up, I can only say down because I was only two years old. But that's what started it for me. And it's just every time I heard her voice, I gravitated towards her. Like, it's whatever I was doing, whatever I was paying attention to, I dropped that. Because my attention was on Mary all of a sudden. She just, her voice and her energy is just, it just, it's just very captivating. It, it draws you in, her raw energy, her her style, her, her, her pain, her joy. You hear all of that in the music all at the same time. And it made you think, it made you reflect on life and what you've been through. And it feels good because she's taking you from one place to another, which is something a lot of singers don't have or know how to do. It's more than just hitting high notes and being on the right octaves. You have to know how to communicate, how to touch the people. And that's something she's taken from hip hop. And to incorporate that with soul music is the queen, hands down, the queen. Mm, a great mesh and a great match. Um, if you haven't listened to the What's the 411 album along with the remix album, definitely must yes. listen. Because I remember specifically when that record came out, her debut, I was around seven. And mm-hmm. that record, it was the first time where you had an R&B singer singing over hip-hop beats you had the late prince marky d doing production along with uh corey rooney they did real love for her and of course right. that was some of his early production credits because of course he was with uptown at the time before he mm-hmm. got hired by the late andre harrell to form bad boy and how right Mary is still going strong to this day and her songs are still resonated 
all over the world and people still love and care about MJB. Absolutely, absolutely. Her, her music is forever a staple for what I do. That remix album is like my all-time favorite remix album. It's it's the first of its kind. Like you came out straight out the gate singing over hip hop beats with a hip hop, an MC manner, a mindset. I mean, people were singing over hip hop beats before that, but no one did as convincingly as Mary did it. That's what made her stand out. And for her to have a remix album to continue to push it even further, it just, I think even before my life, the 4-1 remix album already solidified her as the queen of hip hop soul because she was the first, like, no one, there was no RB singers that had a, a whole roster of rappers and DJs on their album like that. You got Kid Capri, you got Craig Mack, Biggie, Heavy D, Greg Nice from Nice and Smooth. There was nobody doing it like that. Nobody. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, the music was hard enough to where even the most hip-hop head dude would be like, oh, this is tight. Right. Absolutely. Even the most, yes, even the most hardest hood dudes was bopping their heads, bumping to you, remind me, or real love, or a reminisce, or you don't have to worry. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not many R&B singers that could do what Mary do or have done what she's done. It's, it's just not the same impact at all. Mm. Many duplicated, but it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not the same. You either right. have it or you don't. Right. You either got it or you don't. We mentioned BBD earlier, but can we talk about the impact of the main group, New Edition, and how the yes. Splinter acts from that one group impacted you and the whole world? Because if you look at all of the male pop and R&B groups for the past four decades, all of them have taken elements from New Edition. Absolutely. Just like Excuse me. Just like Wu-Tang, New Edition is a brand. It's a collective. It's their image. It's their stage presence. It's being able to take all six different personalities and energies and make it into one entity. When you, when you, when you finish listening to a New Edition album or you finish coming from a New Edition show, you're just blown away. You're blown away because... They don't miss a step. They don't miss a note. They don't miss a beat. Granted, we know the story because of the movie. We know what they was going through. But they made sure when they came out on stage, they was going to give you a show. And for them to go solo in the way they did was also genius. It's like I, like Wu-Tang did the same thing. For them to come together and then go solo like that, def- it was just genius. Like, for, for 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 Bobby to come out first and he blew up the way they, that he did because he was the standout dude who had all this energy. He wanted to do his own thing. He didn't want to do what the rest of the group was doing. You know, he was the rebel of the group. And then BBD mm-hmm. come with the whole mental thing, which I identify with, you know, the baggy clothes, the overalls, you got the fly girls dancing behind you, shaking their butts and gyrating and they just do what they did what they wanted to do. Ralph was the smooth, sensitive guy who knew how to sweep you off your feet. And then you had Johnny Gill, who was the, the, the most romantic. He'll take you out on the dates. He's, you know, he got dressing shoes ready for you and the wine on the side is just new addition. Just they, they are definitely the standard for every RB male group that came out after them. Boys to Men, 112. Black Street, like you see New Edition in all of these guys in some way, shape, or form, whether it's vocally, whether it's style, whether it's they stage presence, there's New Edition, there's a piece of New Edition in all of them. So New Edition definitely, they, they are the standard, period. Right, they're definitely the gold standard for every male pop and R&B group. And also another R&B group that I felt had a big impact, but a lot of people may not even recognize it, but Jodeci. Absolutely. Right along with Mary, they ushered in the whole hip-hop soul era. You have this guy group coming in, sounding like this, dressing like this, singing like this, and they gave birth to the case. 
the cases and the Drew Hills and you know what I'm saying? Guys after Jodeci was in Timberland boots and bandanas and jerseys, but singing. They was R&B singers. Nobody was doing that like that. Hip hop soul. Like they was gritty. They was they was raw. They just like Mary. They 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 that whole uptown that uptown records ushered in that whole hip hop soul movement era. And that's me all day. Like, you know, coming from the late eighties, the B-boy combining it with R&B with that is, yeah, it's, yeah. They definitely, as far as nineties groups goes, it's Jodeci, yes. Mm -hmm. And we got to give credit to Diddy because before the baggy clothes and the Thames, there were four church boys from my neck of the woods, North Carolina. Diddy said, okay, we're going to take your down south, down home vocals, Devontae's bad production skills and songwriting, Devontae's right. bad man, and we're going to add right. a little bit of hip hop flair to it. We're going to, you're going to dress kind of like how we do it up here with the Tim right. and the baggies and it just worked. Right. Right. Absolutely. Diddy was the, the A&R. He was the, 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 the intern in the office. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he pretty much took them was like, made them like his little project. Like, okay, you know, we, we kicking in, we identify with each other. We going to hang out a bit. I know what to do with you. Like he did, he definitely knew what to do with his artists as far as branding and image. He knew what to, he knew what they were supposed to look like, what they were supposed to sound like. And it, it can't do no wrong because he gave birth to people who pretty much pioneer this, this new sound of R&B in the nineties. And then combining it with hip hop like that, it was, before that was New Jack Swing, and then hip hop soul came in. It was a whole different. It was a whole different element. Like, okay, you have the New Jack Swing. People were dancing with the with the button up shirts and the nice shoes and slacks. But hip hop soul was more like, okay, I come from the ghetto and we eat ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly and we wear Tims, but we R and B singers. We 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 come from the church, but you know, we, we struggle and our parents kicked us out and we dropped out of high school. So it's a completely different like ball game after that. And I just identify with that coming from the Bronx. Like I've seen, like I see the same thing all the time. You know, the Bronx has a reputation for being so, so rough and rowdy. And you know what I'm saying? I'm not a rough and rowdy dude, but you know, I still have those, I still have Bronx elements inside of me it part of me so i definitely identify with that yeah but and to quote lord Tariq, if it wasn't for the bronx this rap uh, probably never would be going on be so tell me where you're from if you know, Uptown, you know. yes yeah yes. and um can we talk about if teddy riley has had any influence on you as a singer songwriter producer absolutely teddy riley like I have friends, we have, we talk about this all the time, or I just notice how they break it down. Like I noticed a friend of mine said a lot of R&B, R&B music don't have breaks anymore. A break is when you're able to let the beat ride out. You know what I'm saying? Like this, like there's a break in the beginning and there's a break at the end of the song. Teddy Riley's style and production and music and R&B has always given people that 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 space and that time to really bop your head or to dance. It gives people a chance to warm up to what's about to happen. Yeah, I'm about to put this shit on you. I'm about to bring it to you. So he took that hip hop element and applied it to R&B, which is why you, you hear a lot of R&B songs in the 90s. You hear you hear the beat just riding out before the singers come in and you hear the beat riding out until it fades out because it gives you a chance to, to, to really enjoy it and take it all in. And if you're a DJ, you have a DJ ear because I DJ for fun. That was, that's, that's also the time to throw in another song and you blend it. So it keeps, it keeps the party rocking, keeps the dance floor full. It keeps the people rocking and bopping. It's, you know, today is just 
the music, the song is over. You know, it's a completely different style now. The 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 the, the um elements are different, but you still, you know, you you still hear a lot of '90s sampling going on too, which is ironic because in the '90s we hear a lot of '70s sampling. So it's 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 funny. It's, it's just a beautiful thing how things come in full circle like that. Mm, because if you think about the production techniques of the day the samplers didn't have a high sampling time. So they would have to play the records on either a faster speed in order to trick the machine right. to give it more sampling time. That was what Prince Paul and Large Professor and some of those early 90s hip hop producers were so good at was making lemons out of, making lemonade out of the lemons that you were given with, you know, the rudimentary right. equipment and just making classic albums and classic records with those uh, right. tools that were had. Absolutely. It's just, you, you can definitely tell who was who. You definitely could tell who created what. It's just, it's just a whole, a whole myriad of sounds and, and, and styles and, you just able you were just able to tell artists apart, producers apart. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just everybody had their own thing. And that's what I take. I'm very big on that originality. I'm very big on identity. Who are you? You know what I'm saying? When I hear you, when I see you, who are you? You know what I'm saying? You know, like that's cool if you wanna, you know keep up with the times, you know, you got the hottest sounds out right now. That's cool. Do you, but who are you? When I hear your record, I need to hear you. I shouldn't have to hear him and her and her and him. You know what I'm saying? So that definitely them, them sounds back in the day, that, that golden era, that just that whole thing, like being original is very important to me. I'm very big on that. Right, and real quickly before we talk about a, a new love, the Love LP, I just wanted to make yes. a statement about how Teddy Riley bridged the gap between hip-hop and R&B because prior to Teddy, hip-hop and R&B didn't really meet in the center of the same room. And I want to give right. mention to Full Force because Full Force was doing that too with their work. Yes. Recently, Nicole Jam, UTFO, their own stuff, how they were able to go back and forth for doing freestyle, R&B, and then later on, right. because all I have to give was an international smash hit for Battery Boys. So just real quickly, let's just talk about Full Force. Well, Full Force, I don't really know too much about their history, but I just know that, yeah, they, they're, they're also, there are, they, them and I think Force and D's are like the day one quintessential um, examples of combining R&B and hip hop. At the time, it was like, still the 80s. So, you know, of course, when you introduce that to people, people are already going to write it off as, oh, that's New Jack Swing. Instead of just focusing on the fact that they were the first to do hip-hop and R&B together like that. It just didn't have a name. It just didn't have a specific style to it. It was just, okay, because Force and D's and Full Force were like, b-boys you know what i'm saying like me like you know and 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 some be not all b-boys dance they don't flip and and rock like that but they just had that style that energy but when they got on the mic they would spit some bars they was they was mcs or then they'll flipping on you and start singing ballads and harmonies and i i just feel like because i brought this up actually on a on a Mary J. Blige fan page group post. And, you know, of course, it didn't go well because they wasn't able to take in the information that was that I was trying to present. You know, we're not taking nothing away from what the people after have done. We're not taking nothing away from what Mary has done. But when we get specific, you know, there were people, like I said earlier, before, like, there were people before that was singing over hip-hop beats. And, yeah, Full Force, Force and D's were the first ones to do that. But, of course, it was completely different. But 
it's still they were the first to do that. And it's just, of course, when you have everything still being fresh and brand new coming out back to back to back like that, it, it, it would make sense for things to get lost in the sauce. Like, okay, but who did it first? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it would, that it makes sense why it would go over so many people's heads like that. But credit has to be given when it's due. It, it, give them their flowers. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, because with uh, Force and Deeds, they cut their teeth performing on the Staten Island Ferry, and that's how they would make their money, you know, for tourists and for folks that were getting on and off the ferry. And like you said, mm-hmm. since it was still brand new and fresh, they didn't know what to call it, but definitely Full Force and Force and Deeds, pioneers in merging hip-hop and R&B. And also, R&B. you can go further back. There is a record by Renee and Angela, Renee Moore, who later went on to do Jam for Michael Jackson, along with other records, and Angela Wimbush, who had a big solo career, songwriter, producer. Um, There was a record that they did that they had Curtis Blow on, and it was almost like a precursor to what was to come with New Jack Swing and Hip Hop Soul and how you had a rapper rapping over an R&B record. So I definitely wanted to point that out. So now let's talk about A New Love, the Love EP. How did that come about and what was that process like for you? Oof, I love, I mean, it's such a, it's such a, it's, it's such a pivotal moment for me as a singer because I've been singing for so long and for years I've been still trying to get my sound and my identity together. I already knew what I wanted to say, but it took me some time to finally get to that point. So the the making of this album pretty much came from a relationship, very short-lived relationship that I was in. And it took me a whole year to heal myself and to understand myself and why I was feeling the way I was feeling while I was going through what I was going through eternally, personally. And I was able to tap into my spiritual side and do some shadow work on myself and really talk to myself and dig deep, like, okay, why are you still doing this? Why are you feeling like this? And I was able to break that down and really go back and think and reflect on my whole life from the time I was a child and really pinpoint Okay, you feel like this because this happened to you. You do this because that happened to you. So when I was able to put all these thoughts together, everything hit me back to back to back. Okay, that's why. Boom. It was like an epiphany. Those epiphanies became the songs on my album. I was over at a friend's house and I was just sitting on the couch, whatever. Every epiphany that I kept having I was able to put it on paper. It became songs. So I was just writing, writing, writing. I have never written so much and so fast like that ever before. So this is how I knew, okay, I got to do something with this. Because I originally was going to just put out two or three songs around Christmas, New Year's time. But I was like, nah, I'm in a different space now. I really got to let all of this out. This is completely something different that's pouring out of me right now. So I was able to talk to my friend who's a produ- my producer and DJ. Shout out to DJ Swanee River. Um, he was able to make the beat. We, was, we would have conversations. He would make the beats right in front of me or while I'm in a back room somewhere just writing and creating. And then he would send me the beat and I would come up with the, the hooks, the harmonies and, and, and what's the verses and just... I was able to put the album together based off what I've been through and what I learned in my relationships. And I was able to come to a point where I said, okay, you know what? I found a new love. What that means is self-love. Self-love meaning is self-explanatory. You have love for yourself. Love for yourself meaning I'm no longer showing up for people who are not showing up for me. I'm not going hard for people who are not going hard for me. I'm not going to keep showing up for people that's not showing up for me pretty much. And it helped me to heal. It helped me to come to a spiritual, mental, and emotional place where I'm comfortable and in love with me again. Mm. That's pretty much it. So very cathartic, this, this EP. 
Yes, very extremely. Yes, I was able to pinpoint um, specific like sides to relationships, the falling in love, the falling out of love, the angry, the hooking up and, and, and sleeping with this person and sleeping with that person because you can't deal with the fact that you are no longer with this person no more. So you trying to cope, you trying to deal. So the album pretty much breaks down all of that. And then I'm being truthful with myself and saying to myself, you know what? Okay, I'm going through this because that happened to me. I'm going through this because this happened to me. And the, the whole album was just, ooh, it just came together. Nine songs because I'm into numerology as well. And in numerology, nine is the number that represents completion. So when I put this album together, I say, you know what, I'm gonna just do nine songs because when this album is done and completed, I'll be done and completed. I'll be healed. I'll be complete. Mm-hmm. There, that, there it goes. Right. So what has the feedback been since the EP's release? It's been nothing but love and support and just, I'm getting like, I'm getting my flowers now because a lot of people have been telling me like, Jalen, you come a long way. This shows your growth. The album suit, the album surpassed everything else I've done before. Like I just put out singles in the past and the single that I put out right before the album came out was a single I just put out called Don't Mind. That song was about finding myself and my identity. Now that I've got my identity, I'm able to tell what my identity is. I'm able to f- come to a point where I'm loving me. So the album has been nothing. It's been getting great positive reviews. It's been getting nothing but love. It's been played. People telling me they play it. They keep it on repeat. And the numbers are showing me that. Like, the, I think in about, yeah, it's been a month and some change since the album came out. And in that, in that amount of time, the numbers have been like bloop, 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 like flying. None of my earlier stuff have done that. So I knew when I put out this album, not only did I heal, not only did great things start to happen for me, but my 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 life has changed in a way where I'm starting to see things from a much, a much clearer and better view. And I'm watching things come to me. I'm watching the universe respond to me in ways that I've been waiting for for so long. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's what happens when you finally learn to heal and be truthful with yourself and be honest with yourself in order to heal and get rid of things that are no longer for you. That means people, friends, family, associates, it don't matter. How you eat, how you live, change all of that up. Your mindset. So once you 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 change yourself from within, Watch the universe grant you all these blessings. And that's all it's been for me. It's been nothing but blessings. Right. And you heard that, folks. That's a word from Jalen Hinfel. Somebody needed that. And you can use that and apply that to however you want to apply apply to it to yourself if you pick up what he's throwing down. So everything's starting to open back up with, you know, the pandemic, people getting vaccinated. I know you're probably looking forward to going back out and doing shows absolutely like like i told you earlier my team urban house records we this is the old logo we have a new logo but you know i had to represent put the shirt on for for this dope interview but um yeah we talking about um our next big show which is called house party 22 so it goes by years and me and my me and my brother we just been talking about you know what the show is gonna entail, who's gonna be there, and what it's gonna be like because people are ready. We ready. The people are ready, and with this new album that I have, and this new love and new space and new energy that I have found and that I'm in now, I gotta bring it to the people. I gotta bring it to the stage. I gotta bring it to the show. It's time to show what this new love is about. Yep. So in the I'm, words I'm of ready, Parliament, I'm excited. Yeah, in the words of yes. Parliament, you're ready to take it to the stage. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because like I said, everybody's itching to get back out, you know, since everything is slowly but surely starting to open back up and concerts are starting to happen. So you definitely want to catch that lightning in the bottle with the buzz of the EP and give the people what they want. And that's a great show. So how you've been able to stay sharp with the pandemic, not being able to do shows so that you can be ready when that time comes when you start doing shows again. So how you've been able to stay prepared? I stay creative. I stay creative. I normally live in my own head. So from one moment, I can be happy and joyous. The next minute, I'm aggravated and annoyed. The next minute, but I take all of that and I just write. I create. I listen to my favorite artists. I watch their live performances and I listen to my own music. I listen to my own album daily because as as great as the album is, is always something to improve on. It's always something to work on. So that's what I do. I stay creative and I stay spiritual. You know, um, you know, I suffer from anxiety here and there. So what I do is I tap within. I I block out from the world. You gotta get. Sometimes you have to step away from social media. You have to step away from the partying and having fun and friends and family and say, you know what? I need some time off to myself. You know, take a hot shower, drink some tea, meditate, drink water, eat fruits and vegetables. You know, your diet plays a lot. It has a lot to do with your energy and your spirit as well. So, you know, I, I stay to myself. I stay creative. I stay spiritual. I stay humble. I stay ready. I take notes, I write songs, I I stay creative, you know what I'm saying? And outside of that, you know, I, I'm I'm an actor as well. Um, so I like to watch my favorite sitcoms and television shows and all of that. I'm I'm just that's what I do. I stay creative all the time. Mm, now you mentioned about your anxiety, but how do you feel about now with we're in a time now where it's more socially acceptable to talk openly about mental health and not be shamed. Yeah. For it. So what do you feel feelings about people are more open now to discuss mental health and how it's not as shameful or taboo as it was, let's say two or three decades ago. I absolutely love it. I love the fact that people are opening up about their mental health because Somebody needs to hear it. We, you know, we we in a we're in a time now where social media, where where everybody's in some way, shape, or form living through social media, whether you think so or not. Like we we take in everything that we see and hear, and we see other people succeeding at this, succeeding at that. And when you have everybody in the world trying to work at improving themselves or taking their careers to the next level or just anything, sometimes it'll drain us to the point and make us feel like we're not doing enough. It makes us feel like, okay, why I'm not on their level? But you have to constantly remind yourself that everybody's path in life and situations and circumstances are different. What's What's happening to this person is because it's supposed to happen to them. It's their time. It's their moment. When your whatever happens for you, it'll come to you. Just like me dropping my album helped me come to some clarity and understanding and it helped me to f- really figure out what love really means and what it's all about. You can't give love to others if you don't have it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So mental health really... It's just about making sure that you're okay mentally, meaning you're stable. You're, you're, you're not trying to rush. You're not trying to constantly be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I can't do this and I suck and I'm ugly. And you know what I'm saying? And it, 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 you, it, you, you just got to find some type of way to, to say, you know what? This might not happen right away. So you, you know it's just, it's like it's like um a, it's like a prep talk for yourself like you know what it's not going to happen right away but I'm doing it one day at a time like I'm writing stuff down and you know I have all these plans and it may not happen right away but I'm doing this one day at a time I'm taking it one step at a day 
to remind myself, like, you doing it. You're doing it. It's better than not doing it at all. You're one step closer every day to your goals. You're one step closer every day to a better you. You're one step closer every day to a better job or a better relationship or whatever endeavors that we have working on or that we're trying to get to. So I just feel like, yeah, mental health, I love that people are speaking on it. Somebody has to hear it. You know, like somebody don't know how to deal with it. So they're going to learn. They're going to hear from others so that they can also learn how to cope and deal with everyday life. Right. Because I feel kind of like with social media, how it's kind of the cheat code for success where everybody doesn't see the sleepless nights, the times where you're up in the gym, so to speak, getting your shots up before the lights come on and you're only seeing the lights on you, but not everything that comes with it or beforehand. And it reminds me of how back in the day, artists would cut their teeth by touring small, medium markets, maybe being the artist development deal for X amount of years before an album gets pushed out. So it kind of sort of puts everything at a microwavable speed where if it's not happening Absolutely. now, then I'm not going to want the long journey. But if you take that long journey, you're going to appreciate the success more when it does come because you put in the work and you know what it is to maintain and stay. Whereas if you get social media famous, that you'll be here today and not even gone tomorrow, but you'll be gone today as well. Right. And it's that microwavable standard now is why so many people have short attention spans. It's also why people come on social media and one minute you're so attached to this person or this artist or this drawer or this basketball star, whoever, and everything is quick. Oh, they got a new album? All right, now you over here. Oh, they did this? Now you over here. Which is why... I make sure that as an artist myself, when I have these conversations with other artists, I always, you know, I tell them like, find your own formula. You don't have to do a sound or look like what somebody else is doing. That's what works for them. You got to figure out what works for you. You have to stay consistent. If this is what you love to do, you have to stick to it. You have to be consistent. If you want people to take you seriously, if you want a fan base, you want to build something, build. You know what I'm saying? You have to be okay with the fact that it's competition out here. You have to be okay with there's millions of other artists that sing better than you or rap better than you, that dance better than you. They have a bigger platform than you, but there's no one that could be a better you than you. Mm-hmm. And as long as you have the right people that support you and that stick with you and that allure you to, you want to see you doing it, then you already got it. All you got to do is just be consistent and have at it and keep going. And that's what really matters. Everything else is just noise or whatever, but you got to know how to be, you know what I'm saying? You, you got to learn how to be a part of that and know where you fit in at. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Right. So how are you able as an artist to find that balance of putting out quality work that's good and consistent and not putting out just to, just for the sake of putting it out? Because if you look at the likes of Jay-Z, Beyonce, Nas, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, how they can mm-hmm. go for years in between putting out something. But when they put something out, people are waiting for it because for them, not being available and constantly out there, it's like their mystique where they're not just going to oversaturate the market by putting out something just for the sake of. Absolutely. You just said it. It's the mystiqueness. It's the not allowing the world to be in a personal business and they every move every five every minute every second every hour every 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 hour every minute of the day it's like okay because that's what i do and beyonce is a big inspiration for me when it comes to that stop telling your every move stop announcing when you're gonna drop when you're gonna do this because first of all you gotta have that platform first to even do stuff like that You know what I'm saying? If you ain't got it like that, then nobody cares. That's just the harsh reality of it. There there are a lot of people that do not care. But you you have to know how to make the people love you and make you care 
by creating and building this platform for yourself, by understanding the, the aspects and, and, and the business side of being an artist, having a brand, having all of these things that comes with being an artist. Like you can't just drop something right now and then you don't do shows. You're not doing interviews. We don't hear or see you for like another four or five months. And then you come back out with something else and then complain that nobody heard or see what you're doing because you weren't consistent. You didn't stay to build what you want so much of. So when you already build something, give the people quality, stay consistent, and then disappear for a while I am out. Live your life, spend time with family, your relationships, do what you gotta do. It's that time you spent away from the media, that time you spent away from the fans for a minute where you're living your life and that's where all this creativity, that's where all this inspiration is coming from. Okay, I done grown now, I done had kids, I done moved into a new house, this has happened to me and that happened to me and that was said to me and boom, boom, boom. You're able to put it on paper, you're able to get in the studio and create a whole new banger for the fans. And right. you're able to come up with a whole entirely new, different era in your career and say, wow, this is a new Jalen. This is, this is, yo, this is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even, you don't walk the same. You don't sound the same. And I love it. It keeps the people, it keeps the people there. Some people might not like, not like it. Oh, now nah, you ain't the same no more. You ain't the same no more. Well, guess what? People come and go. Season, people come for a reason. People come for seasons. You know what I'm saying? Some people, it's just like, okay, so you're not meant to be here no more. There's nothing I can do. All I can do is grow. You know what I'm saying? You want the old me? Then you go back to the old me. My old music is there. You know, but you know, when I do shows, it's going to get to the point. I might bust out and bring you the old shit all over again. But you don't know that because it's called the element of surprise. It's that mystiqueness. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely depend on that, that element of surprise and everything that I do. People ask me all the time, <laughs> Jayla, you coming out with, you doing this, you doing that? And I tell them with, you just got to wait and see. Stay tuned. <laughs> Right, and the one artist that was notorious for that was the late great Prince, and that was the one thing I always yep. appreciated about Prince was that he wasn't settling. He could he could and say, "I'm just gonna give you purple rain, sign of the times, all my hits," but I'm gonna constantly grow and evolve as an artist. And he was constantly right. cranking out product, but at the same time, on his own merit, not following trends, and was very astute about the business, doing it for yourself, making sure your copyrights and your royalties, your yep. structures were on point and was passing on game to anybody that would take it. Right. And that's why it got to a point where people, even artists way after his time, way after his generation, he was very supportive of whoever he worked with, but he would let them know I ain't working with you because you don't own your own shit. You don't own your masters. So, I mean, at you know, if you are somebody who's like willing to work with this with this man, and he says that to you off rip, you be like, yeah, it catch you off guard, like you feel some type of way. But that was his way of letting you know, listen, I fucks with you, but you gotta own your own shit because you ain't gonna have me on it, and I don't see nothing from it. That don't make no sense. So I just, yeah, definitely always take from the older artists, the, the, the older generation, because they were, they said, like, they set the standard, like, they created this. You know what I'm saying? So when you read up on their they stories and you watch the movies and read the books or listen to the music or watch the interviews, it's all right there. It's all there. All hidden in plain sight. Industry rule number yeah. 4080. If you know, you know about that. So where can people find the uh, EP? So my EP is available for streaming on Apple Music and on um, Spotify. And you can download it on Audio Mac. Okay, so definitely go there, download it. I've listened to it. 
great EP and we're looking forward to more projects that you got coming out. And do you have yes, any shout outs you want to give before we wrap and also plug your social media, bro? Yes, yes, yes. I want to give a huge shout out to my Urban House family, Urban House Records. We up next. We the next big talented, most talented record label, singers, rappers. So shout out to my Urban House Records family. Shout out to DJ Swanee River for being there for me, for being such a great DJ and producer, great friend, just all around stand-up guy who's been supportive of me. Shout out to my two mentors, Miss Vera Edwards, Streetline Video, for helping me, push me, for push starting my career in the first place. And to my big bro, Kareem Showtime Thornton, who's heavy on the battle rap scene with Showtime Battles and just he's doing his thing. He's all in the media and the papers and everything. So, and um, just shout outs to everybody out there who's been supportive of Jalen Enfield for buying the album, for streaming the album, for downloading the album, for being by my side and being supportive of everything that I'm doing. Um, uh, add me on Facebook, Jalen J Dogs Hemphill. Follow me on Instagram at hip hop soul underscore Jalen. Um, yeah, that's about it. All that's right. about it. All right. You can catch them on all those platforms. You can catch this interview on audio and video, wherever you stream podcasts on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash beyond the album cover or at the website beyond the album cover.wordpress.com. Ladies and gentlemen, hip hop soul, RB, B boy, jack of all trades. He is a man who is staking his claim. He's already a star because he knows it. And you're going to know it too. Listen to the A New Love EP. The love EP, yep. Yes, sir. Listen to all that. And then some with my dog, Jalen Hemphill. Jalen, thank you for coming on to Beyond the Album Cover, bro. When you got an open spot anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem.